0: Welcome to You Must Chill, the weekly podcast on all things scream free. My name is John Allen Turner, and the gentleman seated across from me, with his pinky in the air, is Hal Edward Runkle. Did I do that? You did. As I'm sipping something. Yes, mm. sipping out of that coffee cup with your pinky up in the air like that.
1: I'm um, just wait.
0: <laughs> very, very white. I don't think there was much question no, about that. No, that's for dang sure. I think everybody was fully aware of our whiteness. As Kelvin
1: Teemer, our African American senior fellow here at the Institute, makes it very aware.
0: Yes, he makes us very mm, aware our, of our whiteness. Our
1: ridiculous whiteness. <laughs>
0: Now, um, it has been a long time since we sat in these chairs in front of these microphones and talked to these people who are listening to us. True. It's been a while. Spring Uh, breakage. Yeah, so there were a number of mitigating factors. Yes. Uh, You and your family were on spring break last week. Yes. And where did you go? And we were in the great Northwest. Pacific Northwest. There. Beautiful area in the country. It is. America's hidden gem up there. It's beautiful.
1: Unbelievable.
0: And then the week before that, I was on spring break with my family. Yes. And we were down on Hilton Head Island, which is another great American. Opposite direction. Yeah, it is beautiful down there. Love it. And then uh, the week before that, you had pneumonia.
1: Dude, I just now. For the first time in six weeks. We, we thought we had lost you. Don't have pneumonia. Yeah. It and then the week before bad. that, you were in Germany. That's where I got pneumonia.
0: You got pneumonia in, in Germany. Germany. We tried to record a podcast, and um, and you were sick. That was I was you, sick. Well, you couldn't talk for very long without uh, coughing and wheezing and sputtering. So I just decided not to talk <clears throat> for a while. So you sent and me a text message saying, dude, don't publish that. Yeah. Yeah, it was bad. <laughs> it was bad. Our listeners deserve better.
1: Yes, that's right. I did send you that text, and now I remember that I was in a I was in a stupor. You were. So I, uh, I'm a, just a, now coming off the meds. The that's good. Uh, the steroids. You which sound were healthy. Insane. I feel. Man, it is amazing.
0: Okay. When now, you are no longer sick,
1: you feel really, really good.
0: Okay. Now, um, uh, there's no delicate way to get into this, but. Um, mm. It seems mm. as if uh, because you 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 seem healthy and you yes. look healthy. Like I got some sun while you're out, out there out, in the did, No, terrain. last
1: yesterday I was watching my son baseball practice. Okay, it was beautiful yeah. day here in
0: Oana. It, it is beautiful. It is spring. Things are blooming. Mm. You and I are healthy once again. And yet it's uh, there's like there's been a lot of death. Yes, we have been. Um, yeah. And um, yeah. Yeah. So
1: my and, my, and, my uh, literary agent. Yeah. Woman named Dina Fisher who lived in San Francisco. She was the woman uh, who helped bring she brought screen free parenting, parenting the and world, yeah. marriage. And she negotiated both those deals with uh, and brought them to Random House. And she believed in me from the very beginning mm-hmm. more than I did, and led me up and down Broadway in New York to visit like twelve different publishers. And
0: when you were ready to pack it up, nah, and I mean, it was great. a towel. It was she, great. You know? Yeah.
1: And uh, and she passed away after um, a year and a half battle with a very very rare brain cancer. Mm. And left behind a uh, uh, husband and, and, husband uh, and, and twin and boys,
0: twin ten year old boys. And uh, and so the publishing community and the the community at large mm-hmm. is mourning her yes, loss. Yes, she was
1: very involved in the San Francisco local community. The, the public mayor. schools and, yes, and, uh, and yeah, and the mayor was uh, spoke at the memorial service that I got to go to. Last and, week,
0: uh, um, and then uh, did I see that that Jenny, uh, a teacher, yes,
1: of hers? her favorite teacher growing up, the one who inspired her to really become a teacher. Yeah. She just passed away as well. Yes, she was mourning that. I did not have that. We went to the same school, but I did not have Mrs. Dempsey, but uh, Jenny did.
0: Yeah, and then someone th- that we work with, yeah, A uh, husband. Just, husband just passed passed after away his yeah. battle with lung cancer, lung cancer. yeah so uh, it, it its it's a very surreal time you know to be getting healthy and to have the beauty of mm. springtime and and all of that, and then all these somber remembrances I remember our- uh having a conversation
1: with um Rick Warren mm. He, he and I were speaking at him.
0: Asked out in California. Yeah, big, who wrote... Big uh, Purpose yeah, Driven
1: Life. Wrote the Purpose Driven Life. Right. The big, you know, 40, 50 million selling book, yeah. whatever. And now is campaigning to rid Africa of poverty. And, yeah, and doing AIDS. amazing work. Yes. He and his
0: wife doing amazing work down there. And also a, a ton of work because they, their son committed suicide. Yeah. Um, and so they're doing a lot to raise awareness mental, in churches of mental illness. Mental
1: illness, and
0: yeah, fantastic guy. He really is fantastic guy. And you know, nothing still but lives nice. In, I've met him uh, lives on a, a few same, occasions, yeah, and uh, nothing but nice. And, and lives in the same house they lived in before. Paid back his entire salary right. that uh, that church has ever paid him because his book did so well, right. and and now gives ninety percent of his money, money away. away. Yeah, right, he's right. a fascinating man. Yes,
1: and. He and I were speaking at the same conference
0: one time. It was
1: interesting because he was telling a story that when, uh, at the time, purpose-driven life started to explode and grow, yeah. he had no idea it was going to grow like it did. No. You know, he had success, had a huge church, but no idea it was going to sell 50 million. Right. I mean, that's yeah, just, yeah, was... that doesn't happen. And, but at the same time it was exploding like that, his wife got cancer. Yeah. And he... He had this great illustration. He said, you know, before that time, mm-hmm. I thought life was like a roller coaster with ups and downs. And during that time, which the you know the greatest professional success I'd ever seen is paired with the greatest personal crisis I'd ever been through with my mm-hmm. wife facing
0: cancer. And come to find out also his son was manifesting some... Yes, starting to manifest... Things of his mental illness, mental illness at illness the time, too. At so. the
1: time. So he said, life's not
0: like a roller coaster, it's a train track. Where you've got one track... That's good stuff. And the and other... is bad stuff. And they run Parallel. simultaneously in your
1: life. Always going on. Yeah. And it, and it meant so much to me because uh, when I first published Scream Free Parenting, when I first met Dina...
0: And I remember going, coming to the party, the, you know, yes. and there was such a huge celebration, and we were all so excited about right.
1: it. And that was great, and at the same time, we were finding out that my wife had cancer. Right. At that same time. And so I've always held on to that as as it's a simple, but it's a really I think effective understanding of life that it's you 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 never it, things things are never as good as you think, right? And things are never as bad. You are never fully away from bad. You are never fully removed from good. It's a more important to remember both.
0: And you know, I was uh, I was out on the west coast myself last week, and mm-hmm. and uh, we were talking. Uh, about this Launching Hope material that you and I have created, right? Yes. And so I was training the folks up there at uh, Joint Base lewis McCord. Yes. And, uh, and walking with some folks through that material. And one of the things that uh, that I was struck by mm-hmm. is uh, so much of the tension between parents and teenagers yes. has to do with me not wanting to come to grips with my own mortality. I think so, yeah. (laughs) That I am actually, in some sense, I'm training them to live without me, because that's what's going to happen. Well, that's that
1: Seinfeld joke that he said, as soon as I saw my baby for the first time, I realized I'm on my way out.
0: (laughs) This is here. To replace me. This is the one who's here to replace me. To replace
1: me. Yeah. That's their job,
0: right? And and if we don't really deal with the fact that we are mortal, Mm -hmm. and that we are—that our lifetime has a— A shelf life. Yeah. If we don't deal with that, then we'll never put the things in place for for the one inevitability. I mean, that's the weird thing to me, is that it's the one thing that every human being who has ever lived shares in common. Will absolutely experience. Is that we—you know, it was uh, George Bernard Shaw says the— uh, the mortality rate is still one in one. Yes, you know? everybody's batting a thousand <laughs> when it comes to dying. We're going right? to croak in some so, way, and it <clears throat> might be now
1: when we're you know young. Was, again, I've buried uh, two people in their forties with yeah. some little kids this week. Yep, uh, and it it could be eighty years from now. Yeah. I'll
0: tell you one thing. It is if done. it's eighty years from now. I that I don't know if no, I want to 80? live to be a hundred. Good Lord. I, What I dude. meant was forty. Yeah. <laughs> when I would be in my eighties. <laughs> yeah, I don't want.
1: I don't want to live to be 120. I'm I'm not wanting Abraham or Methuselah. I don't want that kind of longevity. No, I don't even know if I want 80, man. (laughs) Oof. uh, Yeah. Ah, My body's hurting already. But there's a part of
0: me that, you know, looks at some of the indigenous cultures, like uh, some of the Native American Mm -hmm. peoples. You Mm -hmm. know, they would just sort of feel it coming on and they would just get up and just walk out into the woods. Yeah, well, like dogs do. Yeah, right. I remember I had feel a dog, it happening and, just, and they just uh, leave,
1: so they go and went to a corner in the basement, yeah. and, and that was
0: it. You know, we're in know. that stage of life now where my mother in law is in a memory care facility. Mm. She's got Alzheimer's, mm. and um, and it, you know, it it could be she was very very close to death. Recently, Right. Like, they were advising us to call in hospice, and then we adjusted some of her meds, and we gave it 21 days, and sure enough, everything kind of flushed through her system and and restarted, and now she's fine. And the doctors are saying, it's going to be like that, and it could be another two years. Wow. You know? And so Mm. I look at that, and I think, you know, is that the kind of quality of life I want towards the end, or do I just want to walk out into the woods? Right. You know, just put me in a boat and just... Shove off.
1: There's an interesting essay, and, and we won't talk about it now. But uh, I just saw a book, and it's a cool book. It's it's what it's it's kind of like what it's called. What really worries us, or something. But it's a group of some of the finest thinkers in the world, philosophers, yeah. economists, yeah. whatever. And this and the subtitle is like what really keeps us up at night. Okay, and it's so it. It's dangerous reading, but it's yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. It especially late at night, because yeah. then you'll never yes, sleep. Exactly, <laughs> It'll
0: be, this book is keeping me awake at night. Because these
1: aren't aren't um, flippant thinkers, right? Right, right. they're yeah. deep thinkers. Nassim Taleb writes okay, one, yeah, 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 right, yeah, yeah. and a bunch of other folks. But one of them is called "The Death of Death." Now, one of the things that worries him is the death of death, and how we we so are afraid of it yeah. that we don't even question. Uh, you know, just because you can create Pro, longevity
0: or prolong life, yeah, does that exactly. mean you should longer life? Doesn't necessarily mean better life. But we automatically equivocate the two. We can right? keep him alive if we do this and this and this. Every eat,
1: study that's ever yeah. done, people, uh, you'll live longer if you eat these ten foods.
0: They taste right? like, you know, yeah. yeah. <laughs> what kind of life is that? Exactly. If I'm eating cardboard, if I have to eat right? That? I don't know if that's is that <laughs> exactly. really what I want. You know. So there's this tension. Between quality of life and, and quantity or, or longitude sure, of life. Sure. Longevity. Right. And at the same time, we still
1: live with the constant reminders that, uh, and I just was talking with another one of our uh, senior fellow, uh, Sarah Holly. She was talking about how um, a woman in church, her husband just died on the way to the Masters. There was oh. a huge accident on Augusta on the way to the Masters yeah. uh, two days ago. Oh, my word. And there was one person killed in this huge pileup. Well, it happens to be her husband. Her friend's yeah, yeah. husband. Right.
0: And so, uh, yeah, it's terrible. And so it's, you've got some people for whom death is this sort of—they call Alzheimer's the long goodbye. Yeah. Right? And where this is this long, lingering right. illness. And then for other people, it's, it's a little—for for your agent or, or for— Yeah, I mean,
1: we had dinner with yeah. her September a year and a half ago, and she was, she was
0: saying, yeah, I've been clumsy
1: lately. And then a year and a half—I mean, uh, two months later, she gets diagnosed with this brain cancer, and, and then, then a year and a half later, she's dead.
0: And then for some people, it is— Right. Bang! It is. A, it's a heart attack. It's a, an auto accident. It's the the uh, truck that go- crosses a median in California and runs headlong oh into that bus. Right. Oh, those
1: so college bound. So kids. we don't yeah. know when,
0: but we know that. Yeah, it's going to happen. Well, but so death. The, the like you said, the death of death mm-hmm. uh, is troubling. That 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 we ignore the. One thing that we can know for certain. Well, what in our doc-
1: lives. what doctors are starting to say is that that people, because of the amazing advancements we have uh, been able to to achieve mm-hmm. in technology, medical technology, and an understanding of the biology of the human body, there is now a sense of entitlement or expectation that we should be able to outlive. Yeah. Right. And so yeah, when somebody sure. says uh you know he's beyond help you're like what do you mean he's beyond help we have machines exactly i mean i see we people getting saved every day yeah. we've got yeah right. sure you know and it's just there are times when it's i mean uh you know uh, the woman in our office um, yeah. her husband he's never spoke a day in his life and he gets a year and a half ago gets diagnosed with stage 4 lung cancer yeah, what the
0: heck? Out of no, never smoked a day in his no. life. You're not supposed
1: to get right. No, See, yeah, our minds I mean, yeah, sure. go. This
0: isn't supposed. Well, and to I think some of it is because we want a cause and effect, right? True. Sure. Well, yeah. he smoked, and mm-hmm. so he kind of brought that on himself, mm-hmm. right? We would never say that out loud, but inside, that's kind of what we're thinking. And then we're thinking, well, because I don't smoke, right. then I can at least know I'm not going to get that, right? Right. The bus may hit me, you know. I may have a heart attack, but I'm not going to have that, right? It's like driving by. We drove through all over the Northwest:
1: Portland, yeah. Seattle, Vancouver, up to Whistler and back. And, and but we drove through and from Portland between Portland and Seattle is Mount St Helens. And, oh yeah, and yeah, when yeah, it's, yeah. I drove right past yeah. that too. When it's amazing because it's when it's a clear day, which is very very yeah. rare. But you first see like coming down from Seattle, you see Rainier, which mm-hmm. is the most beautiful majestic mm-hmm. mountain. And you barely ever get to see it, but it was clear as day today. And so we saw that. And then you see Mount St. Helens, and then you see Mount Hood. But the big difference between these three enormous <laughs> mountains is one of them... Doesn't have a top. Doesn't have a hat on. <laughs> <laughs> and it is clearly yeah, obvious. It is, yeah, obviously yeah. obvious
0: the entire top, top is blew gone. off
1: yes. of that. It's
0: gone. And and you're just looking at this reality that that was 1980. Yeah. So when I flew in, I flew into Portland and then drove up to Tacoma, uh-huh. and... Uh, or DuPont, right? Yeah. Um, but it was dark. Mm. So I drove past it. And I saw the signs for it. Sure, sure. But then the next day, when I was driving back to Portland to fly that. out, that's when I could see everything. Yeah. And you're like, holy cow, it is. Like, it's right there. Yeah. yeah and it really blew its yeah, top. It really it literally did.
1: blew its top. And that, they. People die to transform the entire area. Yeah. You know, uh, we have a good friend of ours, Don McLaughlin, who watched the thing yeah, from Portland. You know, sure. it was just in, you know, billow, uh, All those pictures we've seen of billowing you know? Yeah, but that led to this conversation. Um, that my mom's husband is an engineer, and he's really cool in the science stuff, and he sends stuff to our kids. But that there's been some migration of animals recently out of Yellowstone.
0: Okay, so that's given them this impression that because animals always know stuff before we do, right? and
1: the one piece that geologists worry about the most in the entire world is that if Yellowstone blows, because now they know that what they thought was under the magma or whatever that was yeah, underneath yeah. Yellowstone that creates the geysers, you know, uh-huh. when you go see Old Faithful, old yeah, yeah, I've seen it; it. it's it pretty goes. cool. Yeah, it is. yeah, but the the ma- the it is uh, two and a half times larger than they thought it was. Oh, boy. So it's like 18 miles long and 56 miles wide and like 20 miles deep. Yow. Okay, so if it blows. Most of North America goes with it. Wow. And so we're having this conversation with our kids. and night it's just, night kids. Yeah, Sleep it's just well. This, yeah, exactly. Maybe
0: it won't happen tonight. <laughs> yeah, let's hope. <laughs> Keep your fingers
1: crossed. <laughs> And, and But the animals are leaving, right?
0: <laughs> and now you've got the, the earthquake that was in California and the earthquake and that we was were, in Idaho. And, and we the were just in Washington that, where, yeah, the, where the, the landslide lands, mudslide kills 36 was, yeah, yeah, people, yeah, yeah. right? And you've got the earthquakes now in South America, and they're cl- they're talking about a possible mm, ring of fire. Yeah, the
1: ring of fire thing. Right? And then, of course, we're entering into hurricane season, which yeah. any of us near the Gulf know that very, very well. well
0: so. And it's going to be tornado season yeah. here before long. Well, that's already starting you know, to happen. A, right, know, right. And, so,
1: and, uh, and so it's just this constant, constant, constant reminder of how small we are, how much little power we actually do have.
0: And I saw a guy uh, the other day, he's a Harvard professor, Stephen, uh, I can't think of his name, he has long white hair, Uh, and he's written a book um, called The Better Angels of Our Nature. Yes, I just saw him on an interview or something like that. Yeah, and and his whole, I mean, it's 800 pages worth of documentation that that shows we are safer now Than than ever in history. The odds of you meeting with some sort of violent death Yeah. Are lower now than they ever have been in human history. Because we are so much more peaceful as people towards yes, one another. Exactly.
1: Which is amazing.
0: Yes. And civilized and we keep the savage animals where the savage animals right, are. And we right. and and we know things and we protect ourselves and and yet we are terrified yeah. of death. Probably more scared of death now.
1: Because we we isolate ourselves. We insulate ourselves.
0: Death used to be something, and we've talked about this before, but death used to be something that happened at home. Right. And now it happens out there in a sterile environment. It happens in a a hospital or in a hospice facility or something like that. Right. And funerals happen out there somewhere, way, way out there, in some special place where only funerals happen, and nothing else happens there. And we don't keep the body in the house for viewings for several days anymore, and we don't bury them you know just down the road we bury them way out on the edge of town. Sure. We uh, one of the things that we did at uh, during spring break we were down in Hilton Head we took a day and we went into Savannah. Mm-hmm. And we went to uh, what's the uh, what's the name of the big cemetery there that, mm-hmm. that's there you know mm-hmm. all the famous photographs and all of that kind of stuff and meticulously tended the gardened yes. Yeah, I mean it's beautiful. It is gorgeous, yeah. But you walk around there and you you get a sense that the people there that like they, death was closer to them mm. than it is to us. Well think about it. you used to go to church and and your church and your had church a had the cemetery, cemetery right there, you walked right by the dead the parking lot
1: as you went into worship service, yeah, right there.
0: And yeah. now we all go to we all go to church in these uh, industrial warehouses. Yes, you know? that's the new trend. But yeah, the new yeah, trend yeah, is the to build them in, a, of the, in an the, office right. uh, cheap, park, cheaper or space, like that, right? As opposed to having the, the land. A plot of and ha- land. Yeah, exactly. Right. That you're, and you're there for a hundred years. The parish mentality. Yeah, right, exactly. Was
1: gone by the wayside. But yeah, I, I wonder if it's it's this uh, we want to protect ourselves or shield ourselves from the pain of death. And yet, it's all around us in movies. Yeah. Right, it's all around us in our television. It surrounds yeah. us, but as long as it happens then, then we're removed from we're it. Removed we're from viewing it.
0: Right. death through a screen.
1: What's in, oh here's here's an interesting thing I just thought of. You know, we we like to see it on a screen because we're removed from it, mm-hmm. but we like to connect with others through social media because we think it's actually connecting us closer to them.
0: But it doesn't. You can't have right. both. Right.
1: Either one, it's helping create a distance that makes it palatable. Or it's yeah, bringing you face to face, you're not getting both, yeah, it's we we watch t v and it's okay to watch t v because it's through a screen, so because it gives us this comfortable distance and, yeah. and padding, if you will, but what's the same thing happen to our relationships? We're using it to create distance, there's something there, yeah, 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 I've never had the thought in that way before, I mean, but I'm, the
0: screens mediate yeah. our our experiences. And, and provide a, and a measure actually, of safety and a, a distance. It does, thing. and I've
1: actually actually talked <clears throat> about the. I've given a talk on the joys uh, the joys of texting.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I call it the joy of text, as opposed to the joy of sex. I see what you, you see. That saying. Yes, you see, I see what I did what there. You. Yeah, very cute? clever. Yeah, yeah. I also th- came up with a word called "scream free." It was kind of clever. <laughs> I'm a bit of a wordsmith. Okay, that's All what right. they call me. <laughs> um, <laughs> who's who's they? Not many people. <laughs> <laughs> not many people at all. Jameson and Jack Daniels. Yeah, and those people guys like that. They, yeah, they know me. They, they're they're my friends. <laughs> they're not like you. So the joy of text, it, what it does is, I think it can you you can use it to create a healthy separation and distance, right? Yeah. Because you can say something. And then pause. Mm-hmm. You can receive something from somebody and then pause, yeah, right? Which is a little to harder to do. It's, it's harder to do when you're face-to-face with somebody because they're reading every single exactly. facial tick, right, that you have as meaningful in some way. Mm-hmm. But we use it so much that we lose our ability to do the face-to-face. And, and true health is you're able to do the distance and the, the closeness equally. That's the,
0: right. that's yeah, the yeah, health
1: yeah. that we're striving towards.
0: So, so what is a, a, a healthy perspective or a scream-free perspective then on death, on our own mortality. Mm. I mean, I think that's at the root of so I'm I'm reading um uh, Scott Stossel's book oh, My uh, Age of Anxiety Age of Anxiety, yeah. Right, which is a fascinating yeah, he's, history he's of, anxiety disorders, whole yeah, life. Yeah, yeah and, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And but it's not just his story. Like he's he's a, an incredibly uh, a good writer. Right. And he has it's a history of the way humanity has viewed anxiety and has dealt with it. So he's you know uh, Hippocrates said it was a medical mm, yes, problem it was, and the, then, it was tumors you know, or uh, yeah it was yeah, a it was, bad humor, <laughs> a humor. Yellow, yeah, yellow bile yeah, you yes, know that's what. and uh, and that made you melancholic um, and then uh, other people say no it's a, a spiritual, spiritual problem thing. no it's an emotional problem no it's a a, it's a, a mental physiological problem it's a bodily problem right. you know so what what is it and um and he talks a lot about the you know at the root of many of our anxiety disorders is the the refusal to admit i am dying hmm. i'm in a process right now of of dying i'm closer degrading. to i'm closer to death than i ever have been yes and because we
1: and you're closer than i am well sure of course yes. because yes. i'm 44 and exactly. you are 42 two.
0: Yes. yeah yeah so i'm 2 years closer you are that's how it works mhm <laughs> If it did work that way, mm-hmm. I think that would lower our anxiety. But the fact of the matter is, it could happen to either one of us at any time. And of it doesn't mean, you know, it, you, you can say, well, of course it happened to John because he's older than Howie. Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. But then when it happens to Howie, we say, oh, what a tragedy because he was so much younger than John. Mm, yeah. But the reality is, none of us knows. And our uh, insistence on denying that is, I think, at a, at the root of a lot of our anxiety. Interesting. And that's kind of the point of his book? Not the whole point, but that is a point. A point? Yeah, it's a point.
1: Of the book is kind of the root of anxiety is our ability to face our own mortality, or inability to yeah. face
0: our own mortality. Or unwillingness, right. to. It's not. A, I don't think it's an inability. I think it's a lack of willingness. Well, I part, don't want to. You, sure. I can, right? And that, that, uh, my hope is that sometime in the next 20 minutes, you and I are going to get around to talking about how we could do this. Like facing our own mortality? Yeah. Well, I will tell you one
1: thing. Uh, I'm, I'm a sandwich generation. You're in a sandwich generation. You mentioned your mother-in-law, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Both our parents are getting older and I have a contrast in my, in my family. My parents been divorced for a thousand years and, uh, and, and both remarried. Yeah. My mother, who, you know, because mm-hmm. she runs the office in yes. our house, in our house, in our wow. office. She raging, Dr. Yes. Freud. Yes. wow. aging Dr. Sigmund <laughs> Freud.
0: Please report to House of Oh, my stat. God. <laughs> I'm going to schedule a session with my
1: therapist. She's in my house.
0: She's in my office. <laughs> my house, oh. my office, my house, my office. Oh. I live at work.
1: She's here. She's always here. <laughs> she won't leave. So she's very fastidious and organized, which serves yeah, the is, office very, very does, well. Yes, and so it doesn't surprise you. Solstray. Yes, it doesn't surprise you that she has multiple binders for each child. You get a binder. Okay. That has every document that you would possibly need to handle her demise.
0: Okay. So, every,
1: every account number. Right, where every policy number, is. where everything is, who, which grandkids get what, and it's wow. it's doled out to the to the clothing, to the diamonds, to the whatever they have, huh? Every morsel in their home, everything is laid out. Their, the, uh, the DNR is clearly the, the power of at, yeah. the power of attorney, the living will, the it's
0: phenomenal. Yeah, it's an amazing gift yeah of to course all of us. because i you know having been in ministry for 20 years yeah. you know i've done so many funerals right. where it was unexpected and nobody knows where anything is mm. nobody knows what the wishes yes. were what what kind of funeral yeah, did I've they do they want to be cremated do yeah. they want to be buried is there a burial plot do both boys, of us have been through homes or, yeah. with families
1: trying to comb through stuff and look, mm-hmm. oh my gosh yeah nightmare so so yes. this is a gift, it's a gift that your to mom us. has given you it's fantastic to you. Yeah. my father cannot have a conversation it just makes him nervous, squeamish. He can't talk about he it. He just completely shuts down. And he is actually failing in health. It cannot... And your mom is Yeah, she's, she's a machine over sure. there. She's, she's going outlive, outlive us all. Absolutely. Yeah. But yeah, she um, you know, she's 74 and he's 78, but uh he's he's, As he's
0: you know, in failing health, but he have cannot have he, Wow. Okay.
1: And so I went to a funeral last week in San Francisco. Uh, both of you and I will be going to a funeral on Monday mm-hmm. uh of next week. And uh, for people in their forties, not much yeah. older than us, who mm-hmm. left kids, yeah. And so the conversation my wife and I are having is, you know, we don't have enough together. We got we we have the life insurance, then that's all set. But I, are those policies in? Yeah, are the are they in the safe? Right. Um. Where is it all organized? Yeah. Uh. Has our are we done the? I think we did a will. I don't think we've signed it or notarized it. Right. And, and it changes when your kids get into high school. It's different. It's because different. when
0: they're young, you, you start to think okay, so who do we want? Family going to gonna go yeah, but
1: guardianship and stuff like that. And my, I mean, my son be a freshman, my daughter's a senior, and they're not going to want to leave no. right then. What no. would I do? Right. Yeah. So that changes. And so we're we're setting up a meeting with our financial guy. We're setting up a meeting with our yep. lawyer, right? And, and it's just I, I don't
0: have life insurance. Oh, dude. Well, I, mean, I told you, I told yeah, you that you know, you, a few weeks ago. Right. And so, so my friend Joel from high school, mm-hmm. is over in Lawrenceville, and that's what he does. He does estate planning. So Good. I sent him a text message. Said, "Dude, I need to yeah find some time in the next couple of weeks where I can come in and start that process." Sure.
1: And it's I easy and to. it's cheap and it's, of course, there's no reason doing it and no reason not to do it. Well, good. I'm glad you're here that you're yeah. doing it. it. These are loving things that we do to people and these are ways that we face our mortality. Yeah. Right? Because the last thing I would want on my deathbed is to worry about all the stuff that they're going to have to deal with financially. Yeah. Right?
0: Well, there's the, the in, in addition stuff, to the emotional exactly, stuff. Exactly. Exactly. Right? And the, uh, you know, again, down to, did dad want to be cremated or do you yeah. want to be buried? Exactly. And well, so, if we bury him, it's going to cost X amount. And if we cremate him, it's going to cost Y less, amount. And you could do this. Then, so, and, but right. then are we making that decision based on finances or right. based on what he
1: wanted or, you know? And again, my mom has done so much. <laughs> and so it's a real gift. I, I, and here's, but here's also a cool thing is, uh, this was said at the memorial service for my agent. because she was 46. Mm. Um, and I was very close with her, very close with her and her husband. Had done trips together and stuff. Uh, but he wrote on her Facebook page uh, the week she went to a coma, and he wrote, and he said, here's the most comforting thought we have, is we said everything to each other. Mm-hmm. There's nothing more that we could have said to mm-hmm. each other. They'd been married 20 years, yeah. and they were one of those marriages that everybody looks to and wants to be like, just yeah. so continuously growing in love with one another every year and enjoying each other and laughing with each other and and but we've said everything we needed to say so that makes me think well how would i get there yeah. what would, would it you know cuz my wife's had cancer twice yeah. so we have faced this right each time facing these what's our life insurance question yeah, look like yeah, yeah. questions with our doctor you know that those are not comfortable Ooh. and so we have faced those things Uh, And I think it's it's strengthened us a lot, but I I don't know if we could say we've said everything to each other. So one of the things is committing to that transparency with the people that matter most. So often what happens, I see as a therapist, is you are far more transparent with the wrong people. Yeah, we're, we're we're more transparent online with strangers <laughs> than we are with the person we sleep next to. Yeah, because we're hiding things from them.
0: We're afraid of how they're going to
1: rejection, right? And, and that's that's part of this. Take is it.
0: you know, people say, "Okay, so live every day as if it were your last." Well, that's dumb. Yes, that's, that is. You don't want to do that. that. Is <laughs> like, dumb that, because, because you? <laughs> woo-hoo, yeah, exactly. Sorry. You don't. You, yeah, uh, you, but you don't want to. Uh, um, uh, Always eat, you know, uh, an entire birthday cake. An entire. Well, if it's my last day on earth, I'm going to drink an entire bottle of something, and I'm going to eat the whole thing. And who cares? Because my daughter live every day like that. My daughter
1: was reading this thing to us that she read off some Instagram feed last week. She read it to us. She said to all teenagers who are regretting a dumb decision, Mm -hmm. just remember, Zac Efron. Has a YOLO tattoo. <laughs> 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 yeah, no, that's yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. and uh,
0: and like Johnny Depp with the Winona yeah. Forever tattoo. Oops. Whoops. Oops. Yeah, yes. yeah, 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 yeah. So that's funny. You don't want to live every day as if it's your last. You only live that's once. Bad baby. That's bad advice. And it's true. You do only live once, but hopefully you will live for a few mm-hmm. more days. And you're gonna. Mm-hmm. There will be consequences of what you do. It's, so it's not you, like you can yeah. just. I, if you live every day as if it's your last, then you, you know, it will be it, <laughs> soon it very well may Maybe you're exactly. going to go around and you're going to you know make a bunch of people angry and you're going to flip everybody off or who you're going to you know. drive
1: recklessly. You're going to spend all your money on a exactly. vacation that you can't afford or
0: whatever. Yeah, you don't want to drive yourself into unnecessary debt and all that kind of stuff. So you can't live every day as if it's your last, but you can keep. This is what I I tell people: you can keep short receipts, like okay. when 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 uh, when things are adding up. Yeah. You know, and things are. Rather than letting it go and go sure. and go and go and sure. go, keep short receipts with people. Mm. Um, and that, you know, it, it keeps you from just flying off of the handle. Yeah. Right? And so I'm I'm going to make sure that nothing gets left unsaid. Right. Well, you know, some yeah, things that, need to be left unsaid. Sure, sure, sure. You know, I, I have a friend who is uh, struggling with uh, issue with dad, you know, and they haven't spoken for a while. and uh, and, and this person wants to reconnect with dad. But I could tell from the conversation that what this person really wants is they want dad to realize that he was wrong. Exactly. You know, and so to say, what do you really want here? Yeah. Understand that your dad's never going to feel it the way you feel it. New. Nope. Because the victim and the victimizer never weigh things on the same scale, and he, and never even see themselves as in the those other roles. As, the, in those roles yeah, as in those roles as the other person sees them. So a lot of uh, times they see the yeah, roles as, as, re- as reversed, opposite. Yes. You know, and so. So just, some things are better left unsaid. Sure. Sure. Now, now um, Absolutely. So, so to what you're talking about, though. Between a
1: husband and wife, right? And and you know you're going, it's just... Or, that,
0: or a parent and a child.
1: Sure, sure. But there are things, again, you know, we, we think that a parent and child should have more boundaries between it than a husband and wife, obviously. And... But it's, it's uh, what are you doing to fully represent who you really are to the people that matter most to you? And that's yeah. one of the missions of Scream Free. Certainly in the marriage material, it's all about that authentic self-representation. Yeah. Look, I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know how you're going to react, but I am going to let you know who I am.
0: And when we're done with this conversation, you will know something about me that you don't know right now.
1: And uh, with my spouse especially, I'm going to let you know things that nobody else knows.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Because that's intimacy. You know, the, the marriages are built on... Uh, insider trading (laughs) you know it's 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 built on not taking advantage of inside information but uh, but having it but having it and knowing it but also you know what i it is taking advantage of it but not in a taking yeah yeah yeah. not in a manipulative exactly like like being able to you know i could go to a store on the way home right after we finish this podcast and i could buy myself my my wife something less than ten dollars but the store I go to and what I buy for less than $10, because I have insider info on her, mm-hmm. could mean more to her than anybody else yeah. could do with $10. Yeah. Right? And that's taking advantage of it.
0: Inside jokes and inside information and all of that. Yeah. is really what keeps a relationship lively. That's the gold, man. That is yeah. the
1: gold. And, and sharing more of that, I think, is one of the ways that you you stave off the stench of death. Mm, sharing okay. more of that me- because that's really what makes you feel alive, yeah. right? And so much of death is we're afraid of it because we're afraid of going into it with regrets. Yeah. But the less regrets you have going into death, the less you fear death.
0: Right. Yeah, and, and that's the... That's what I think you want. You want to get to the end of your life whenever it happens, and you want to get there with as little regret right. as possible. Absolutely. That's why people love the
1: deathbed stuff about, you know, I never wanted to spend one more day at work. And, yeah, you know, and all
0: that. I, I, I wish I'd, I'd spent more time on Facebook. Facebook yeah, sure, whatever. sure. I yeah. get
1: that. I get that. But, uh, you know, I don't like that automatically we say don't work. It just means you hated your job. Yeah. I mean, I, I... I love work. I love my work. Yeah. You're right. I, I love my work. And so, you know, if I could have written something that would have inspired one more person, then, you know, I might say that. But, sure. But the, the 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 principle is still the same. It's, mm-hmm. it's, I don't want to go in with regrets. Well, right. and
0: uh, Edward Halliwell talks about how most things in life we can divide into one of two categories. They're either achieving things or they're connecting things. Okay. And he says in survey after survey, when you ask people what's most important, they say connecting mm-hmm. things. But then when you ask them how they spend their time or their money, they spend their time achieving, achieving things. And you want to get to your life and look or to the end of your life and look back and say, Whichever one of those you chose, yeah. If if achievement is a higher priority for you, I mean that everyone has to kind of decide that on their own. Sure. But you want to look back and say, I lived out what I said I believed. You know what what my what I wanted my priorities to be. Because mm. otherwise, that's when you get into this reg- I wish I'd done more of this, or I wish I'd done more of sure.
1: that. Sure. Yeah. In our training, when we train other therapists and stuff, we lead them through this exercise called the Standards of Integrity. Yeah. And it's, uh, it's a great, brilliant exercise come up with this woman by Dr. Uh, Dr. Maria Nemeth in her book, uh, The Energy of Money. But she has this great exercise that helps you kind of examine what it is you really matter that matters most. Mm-hmm. If you just ask somebody what matters most to you, they'll do it. But th- she has a back-end way of getting at it, and then you add to that this other way of doing it, uh, trying to find a way to figure out what do you desire the most. And when you align these, what you hold most dear with what you want most, it really has this amazing way of getting in touch with who you really are at your core. Those Mm -hmm. things kind of reveal more about you than if you were just asked the question. Is figuring out what... Because what we desire uh, will judge. It will will say more about us. And what we do with that desire will say so much about us, right? How are you actually genuinely pursuing that desire to be creative?
0: I want to do this. Right. But... I don't really do yes, act but on that, or I feel or I stuck, feel or like, I blame the job, or I, I blame think the that's boss. Too or I much b- for me. Blame or the I wife. For, like we were talking yeah. about this at lunch. I, I don't want to think too highly yeah, of myself, get too big, get for, my too big for my bitches or, and whatever, or whatever, you know. Whatever, so right. I want to change the world, but who am I to think that? Mm-hmm. That's a terrible thing for me to think, and it's an arrogant way for me or to Or I'll, I'll that.
1: just get rejected, and then it's yeah. easier. And I, I mean, gosh, you and I, you know, as authors, Both we, struggle with that. we know that. Mm-hmm. I mean, I can tell you how many one-star reviews I have on Amazon. Oh, oh boy. Yeah. yeah, I can tell you exactly. I even know there's <laughs> the user name and name. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I can tell you that. So you're afraid of that. It's easy to say yes to that. And then we say no to ourselves, mm. and then we live with regret. Right, because the, you know death is obviously the ultimate no. Yeah, no more. So
0: um, at least here, th- yeah, this is uh, not not the most uplifting. Oh, come on! Thing for us to discuss, yeah. but I think it's important. It is I, important I, because I, it's where we're at. Obviously, and, we're, and, in stay- we're in a state, we're in a season of mourning. Exactly, and, yeah. uh, and these are the kinds of things that occur to us once in a while. See, we, we go through life mostly with our head down, just doing whatever's in front of us, doing what needs to get done. But then we'll do something like go to Hilton Head yeah, and sit out there on the beach mm. and watch the sun drop into the ocean. Mm. And it's like you pick your head up for a second and look around and go, wait a second, I got four more spring breaks with my oldest daughter. Yeah, And that's it. Time is getting away from me. Right. You know, you, uh, you go through life and you, your head is down and your nose to the grindstone, and then somebody has a baby, and you hold that baby for the first time, and you remember, uh, you know, all these great memories, and all of a sudden it, it comes back to you. Time is short. Yeah. Life is fleeting. What, what am I doing with myself here? What, am I, do I have enough together, like mm-hmm. you and Jenny were saying? Sure. You know, you go to a funeral, and you start asking yourself those kinds of questions, and, and we all know those questions matter. We just never do the homework required to have a good answer to those questions.
1: It's (coughs) now. I'm just thinking about setting up my meeting with my attorney. One thing we stopped doing, we stopped
0: wearing black in Mm. mourning. Yeah,
1: you know, people used to have seasons of mourning.
0: Yeah, you watch, um, uh, Downton Abbey
1: no my wife does.
0: Yeah, it's a big thing for them when somebody dies, especially when a spouse dies. Yeah. Y- like you're supposed to wear black for a certain period of time. I mean, right. that was just part of polite society. But and was, you're it. supposed to respect that. But
1: now we know it that it's a healthy process to go through. Yeah. Right? That so you were talking about we how to get do, on
0: with life as usual. Sure, how how do we face
1: life? how do we face death Well, we're black? Yeah. I did the day um found out Dina died, I did for her I remember you laws. came
0: into the uh, yeah. you know
1: and was wondering why I was dressed black, because nobody knew at that point. It had just happened that morning. Yeah. So I will on Monday, the uh, mm-hmm. funeral for Frank. Um, but, you know, we, the people used to do it for a week. Yeah. You know, seven days, you know. It's just interesting, all the different ways that we've tried to insulate ourselves.
0: We spend so much time and energy running away from sad.
1: Yeah. Oh, and now, you know, absolutely, we have... How many books on happiness have come out lately? Yeah. And, and the positive psychology movement and mm-hmm. stuff.
0: And the big song, you know, Farrell... <laughs> happy, you know, the, the number one song, song in the world, yeah, man. exactly. Absolutely. And it's a great song, you yeah, know. I just and want to be happy, yeah, which is great. stumbling upon happiness and pursuit of happiness yes, and all those, you right? know, I mean, they're, they're the fantastic. The Happiness Project was another thing. But at the same know? time, when's the last time you read something that helped you process being sad? Yeah, it's interesting. And somebody well, that just said, you know what, sometimes... The only sane response Mm. to the circumstances of life is to be sad. Yeah, I like that.
1: I like that a lot. It is a sane response when tragedy occurs. Be Be, sad. Yeah. Don't try and deny it. And don't try to
0: fix it. Don't try to
1: fix it. Just be. Sit with it.
0: uh, One of the oldest surviving pieces of literature is contained in the, the Jewish Bible. Yes. And It's the book of Job. Job, right. right. And Job goes through this tremendous upheaval of his life. Right. Lost his children, he's lost his finances, he's lost his personal health, and he has friends who come, and they just sit. For seven days. Don't where, say a word. It's where they get the expression, sitting shiva. It's, right.
1: Right? Comes sitting seven comes out of that tradition. Yeah. Right. Uh, and the, the, the Yiddish thing, uh, the Jewish
0: thing um, in Europe, where mm-hmm. they would just come and sit. Come and sit shiva with somebody. Come and sit and be sad with them. Yeah. And so, like, you know, don't try to fix it. Don't try to explain it away. Don't try to cheer them up. Right. Good Lord, no. Just let them be sad. And you be sad with them. Be sad with them. That's one of the great, you know, uh, pieces of advice that Christians are given in the New Testament is to learn how to uh, rejoice with people who are rejoicing, but also to learn how to weep with those who are weeping. Yeah. And I think we're really good at the former and we're terrible at the latter. Yeah. I don't know how good
1: we are at the former either, though, because if we can't do one, it makes it really, really hard to do the I other. Yes. Right? You know, if
0: somebody has a baby, if somebody. Sure, has we, a, do that, a, you know, we do that. We do that. Retirement or graduation or something like that, yeah, okay, a Mazel you know, tov or whatever. Sure, sure. But, but being able to. to it, it grieve with people in a healthy way, I think, is a, a missing piece.
1: I, I think it is, but it also makes those celebrations mean more. It's kind of like yeah, this yeah, idea yeah, yeah, it's true. I, I've been sick. I've never been this sick,
0: right? Yeah, I yeah, got yeah. to the
1: point where I was minutes away from being checked in the hospital for a week. Yeah. So they tried one last, the, the strongest antibiotic they can give you outside of the hospital. That's mm-hmm. what I've been on, my third round of antibiotics. Yeah.
0: Really, really sick.
1: And uh, now that I feel great, I mean, the contrast is so amazing. That's, yeah, I think know? that's
0: something that's missing. Yeah. The, the, if you never experience the sad... Real
1: sick. ...then the happiness yeah. doesn't feel as good.
0: Yeah. Right? It's, I, again, I think going back to the, the Jewish uh, religious calendar, mm. it, there are days where they are called to fast right. as a people. And then there are days they are called to to feast. Feast, exactly. To just blow it out, to to drink hard liquor and eat a bunch of red meat until it's all gone, you know, and invite everyone you know because we're not getting up until all this food is gone and all this booze is out of here.
1: Muslim Ramadan is during the day you fast, but you break that fast at night. Soon as the sun goes
0: down, you feast. And so, um, so you know, that contrast, though. And that's I think one of the things that we're missing, and just given the generation in which we live in the place where we live, uh, every day's a feast day, mm. you know and, and or it better be. And, and, it better be. And, and so the highs like the high has been knocked off of the high, like the top of Mount St Helens. Yeah, Thanksgiving doesn't mean as much anymore because we didn't experience lean times in October, right and, no, and the first part of November. We, we didn't have to survive a long, hard we didn't winter, save up and so, for it. So, so Easter doesn't mean quite as much to us. And material it, blessings yeah. don't
1: mean as much, because we bought it on credit rather than bought it uh, saved we up saved for it. We saved up for
0: it for sure. a long time and had a picture of it on the wall sure. and longed, longed for it. the day. And the longing day we ended could, up yeah.
1: being just as powerful as the owning. Exactly. Yeah.
0: This is part, I think, part of how we embrace our mortality, is by learning restoring the high and the low.
1: Well, it's interesting, because what it means is we have to learn to live without. Yeah.
0: That's Because what one
1: day... Is. That's what grieving is. Yeah. I have to learn to live without this other person. I have to learn... Not
0: replace it immediately. Oh, the dog is dead. Let's buy you a brand new dog. Oh, you know... What does it look like yeah. to live without? And it, that's
1: without constant stimulation. Mm-hmm. What does it live, uh, learn to live without uh, uh, constant... Um, Salve for your woundedness. So yeah. What does it look like to live without constant uh, um, enjoyment? What does it learn to live without a person? Entertainment. Entertainment. Yeah. yeah.
0: Those are the things that enable us
1: to handle death. Yeah. Which is the ultimate living without.
0: Ah, that sounds good. <laughs> you know, an interesting thing just happened there, though. What just happened? Uh, we it got silent for like a, a couple of seconds, and then we both got uncomfortable, and so we both tried to break the silence. Did we? That's that's another thing that's missing from our gatherings, for wherever oh, just we gather silence. At, at funerals or or uh, you know wherever to sit in silence. Yeah, there there was a period of time where that was part of you know religious gatherings. People would gather together and well, just they're be still silent. yeah, the
1: Quakers still do that. Yeah, yeah, and that's all they do. They sit yeah, they in sit silence, and they wait for the and spirit. Someone to gets move moved someone. and they say yeah, something.
0: Yeah. And, uh, but, but we are so like, it drives us crazy. It was like that, you know, Alanis Morissette had that song, uh, you know, here, can you handle this? And there was, you know, three or four seconds of silence. Right. And we don't like that. We want music in the background. We want the TV on to distract us. We want some sort of white noise going on because we can't handle the, the silence. I think it was Bonhoeffer who said, you should never trust somebody in community who doesn't spend any time in solitude. Mm-hmm. But then he also said, you should never trust somebody in solitude who never spends any time in community. True, And we've got to figure out how to restore both of those. The, the celebration and the morning, the, the two tracks, tracks. that, that, that uh, Rick Warren side. talked about. The only way we can, I think really live is by embracing the fact that one day we are going to die. And the only way we can die well is by living when we have the opportunity to.
1: Every man dies.
0: Not, Not every man lives.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Thank you, William Wallace. <laughs> Freedom. Freedom! <Yeah. laughs> okay, well, thanks for listening to You Must Chill, the weekly podcast on all things scream free Two guys learning how to calm down so we can grow up and get closer to the people who matter most. We'll talk to you more next week. See you.